And it's then that you see the back of his neck mostly colored, but partially in pencil. This isn't Danny. (gasps) You see the statues begin to animate and stand up with Danny's head spinning around on its axis, the body not turning. And you see half of his face complete, half of it still etched in pencil. This simply an automaton of your quarry. They stand up, moving towards you. You hear a voice overhead projected from somewhere, someplace. You hear Danny say, Listen, I'd much, much rather play with you guys, but I have to stay. You don't understand. I have to stay. So if I have to play with these guys, I'm fine to do that as well. Last chance. <laughs> I was like, it's all been a long con! <laughs> and then he rips Seen? off the mask, but it's Suzanne. And she's <laughs> the longest of cons. The longest con. Mom con. Are these, are these like, <laughs> like robotic, animatronic, like, robot things? Yeah, these are some kind of animatronic creatures. Could I try and hack them? <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you definitely should. You definitely can. Um, go ahead and roll your intelligence pool plus your neo die. Okie dokie. Oh boy. Two, two, three, and a six. Two, two, three, and a six. Their defense is one, so I'm going to say you're not getting through on that. Oh, you. Fuck. Your heads up display blips up as you see these six um, icons kind of pop up on your heads of display, showing that all six of these, the five of you as well as Danny, are all automatons. Um, you try to go in using your AI to try to like hack these things, and you're abutting against like a system that's so like in the middle of being built that you're not able to quite figure it out. You realize that these things are still in the process of being made, in the process of, like, being given some kind of life. Which means, A, they're going to be pretty difficult to hack because it's not, like, obvious how to hack them. But it also means they're not fully formed. Like, these things are simplistic creatures at this point, being pumped full of more and more life. I don't know, C++. What? (laughs) (laughs) Danny kind of sees this, uh, or at least the, the voice kind of intimates that it sees this. And you hear this disembodied voice of Danny go, Well, it's been a good game, guys. See you soon. And you see all of the automatons lunge forward towards you guys. Uh, we're moving into combat here. 
<laughs> oh boy. We're getting lunged. Oh my god. Lunged. You've been lunged. It's lunch time. <laughs> it's lunch time. Get your trays and pick out your table because it's lunch time. <laughs> <laughs> you see these six automatons moving towards you. All of them a little bit herky-jerky, like they're still trying to figure out exactly how to move. (laughs) Herky-jerky. They're still trying to figure out how to move, but they are moving towards you, menacing you. All of them as capable as you guys are, but that little bit slower. Cass, you hear those bells around, those chimes around you as fate kind of pops up in a corner. His legs kind of dangling on top of the, uh, the boiler as he's sitting on top of it looks at you and goes here you go you're first my guy alright um here's a question since it seems like not gonna be here much longer so far the only thing you've asked me for is to uh turn left at a certain point um I'll, I'll add to that uh, if you want, if there's anything else you want, uh, I'd I'd love to be able to cast uh, two of my scriptures uh, instead of <laughs> one. Oh. This game is great because it just allows player in world to ask, "Hey, can I level up real quick?" <laughs> <laughs> can I just break the rules a little bit? Um, what will it cost me? It's cool if it's not. What know. will it cost you? Oof. You just hear Thanos' voice whisper everything. (laughs) (laughs) Fate looks at you and regards you. You see, fate kind of spins its hand for a moment and the world kind of slows in this way. You see everyone moving around you, but you sense that you're in some kind of liminal space in between. Fate walks towards you. This world's dying, my man. It's crumbling apart beneath your feet. And you hear (laughs) as this world shakes on its axis. Yeah, yeah it is. Only so much you can offer, only so much I can take, but if you want to give up something, I'm happy to let you do just about anything. I've, uh, I've never had any luck of my own. <clears throat> Would you give me yours? The good, the bad, all of it. You'll be luckless forever. I uh, never had much good luck, so yeah, you can, you can have the bad. Gotta have all of it, my man. Yeah, take it. You see, this scale that he's holding—it's actually like clipped onto his ear, like an earring. He pulls it off, and it kind of extends larger. Looks at it, and you see there's a small, like almost invisible tether going directly into your chest. He looks at it and regards it and holds it to your mouth uh, to bite off. (laughs) (laughs) You break this tether, and the tether 
attaching to you kind of zips into yourself and you feel all of a sudden a loss, a gain, a something, an absence. Keep in mind, the, the loss of luck isn't doesn't mean nothing good will happen to you. It doesn't mean anything bad will happen to you. It means luck will never play a part in your life for good or for ill. Ned must forever operate on his own abilities. You see the other half of that tether fly into Fate's chest as Fate goes, <gasps> oh. 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 You're going to be stubbing your toes a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see Fate takes the, the bobble and pins it back to their ear. Hey, man. At least it'll be unexpected. Kind of flicks it in a, ding, a little bit. And you feel fate grant you the ability you ask for. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, as a mechanical thing, for the rest of the game, I will not allow you to take advantage or disadvantage from anything. You have to use only your own stats. Brad. Okay, but I can still give advantage. You can still give. Sounds good to me. I, uh, I I never particularly cared for my luck, so um, <laughs> I'll leave I'll leave it up to fate instead. Fate kind of smiles and goes, "I'll take good care of it. I promise." Bing. And kind of mm. falls backwards into oblivion once again. Okay, careful. You got my you got my luck now. Yeah, as fate does their same thing to like fall backwards and like disappear, instead they just fall onto the ground and go, "Oh fuck." <laughs> That's a bad tree. Yeah. Uh even even as fate like holds their head, you see a big Cheshire smile face uh and they disappear. So, uh I get to cast two of my scriptures now. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so the first one I'm going to cast is called Avatar of Destiny. Uh, it is the the level three scripture you get if you if you get all three levels with the Fate God. It reads: You commit yourself to the web of fate for better or worse. For the length of the encounter, your every action is what must happen to best effect. If your wisdom is higher than your Dex, your maximum guard is now equal to your wisdom, uh, and it's set to full. And my attacks gain special. This hit causes two hits. Special recover two guard. Mandatory double special. You suffer a calamity and fall to zero health. Describe how. Ooh. Um, I'm choosing to use this as sort of a defensive ability right now, just to increase my guard. But uh, if uh, I'm, you know, if it comes down to needing to attack, we will. Uh, we might have to roll. We might have to take that chance. So, yeah, my, my luck is gone. I am fully connected to whatever must happen going forward. And then I'm going to uh, do my prophecy. Hell yeah. Scripture as well. Try and help y'all out. Go and roll your uh, wisdom dice pool. See how many advantages and disadvantages you can give out. Okay. Two sixes, uh, a four and a five, and a three. Now, so that's four, and I think your special gets you one more. So I think that's five advantages you can give out. It's actually, uh, it's 
add an extra success uh, for each level I have in in the god. So I oh actually, Jesus, I get it for both of the the sixes. So how many is that? So that's six uh, advantages or disadvantages. I can wild. Wow. And I can also now it, it's also you can apply them. You can apply up to as many per roll as level I have in in this god. So I could I could give up to three advantages or disadvantages on a on a single roll. Wow. Five, times. Wild. Crazy. Wild. Uh, but yeah. So uh, we've got we've got six to play around with. I am. I'm looking at the scales. I'm. Uh, I'm no longer. I'm no longer bound by luck. Only fate. And uh, that's that's gonna do it for me. The scales appear in front of you, and this pile of heavy stones appears in your hand as you kind of move them about in your hand in this practiced way, knowing exactly how to maneuver fate, though one of these scales now missing, taken by your patron. You guys all, I believe, have three... Oh, actually, no, your dexterities have changed because um, some people may have taken different advances. Anyone mm. have four decks? I do. Yeah. Which one of you wants to go first? Viper acts quick and acts fast. Um, I also leveled up, and I, would, I took uh, a spell... And my spell is Summon Sinister Doll. So I can craft a creepy <laughs> doll, which is statted as a living servant that can follow your direct orders, but lacks the means to act under its own initiative. You can be in telepathic contact with it at will over any distance. So did we learn what um, Danny's greatest fear or what he trusts most? No, because it wasn't really Danny, right? Yeah, oh, you right. didn't because... Um, you didn't have a proper target. I'll say you still re- you still retain your one level of. Oh, thing. okay, cool. Because like you try to vent it, you don't find a target. Oh, cool. Um, so I would like to summon a sinister doll that is in the shape. What was Danny's? This is a RV question for Brian, I guess. What was Danny's uh, least favorite teacher in our school? Uh, uh, least favorite, I think uh, the woodshop teacher. Mr. Haverdasher. Mr. Haverdasher. Mr. Haverdasher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was this like very, very diminutive man, bald, but with uh, like a push broom mustache. <laughs> and, and he was also missing what like a, a portion of a pinky because he because of a woodworking accident. So this is perfect. Um, so suddenly you see out of um, a pile of chairs and like debris in the corner, you see it clanked together and out of made totally out of wood. You see this sinister doll looking like kind of Pinocchio like, but looks an exact replica of our wood teacher, except instead of just missing that one finger, all of his fingers are cut off at the second joint. So he's Ugh. just got these stubby little hands. It's a sinister doll. It's supposed to be Nightmare. creepy. <laughs> Nightmare it's supposed to be and, awful. And, um, but they're still dexterous. And you can see that he, I, I telepathically message it to go towards the shadow Danny and try and get the D20 from its eye. The the shadow, like the, the automaton Danny? Yeah, the automaton Danny. Because we still saw... The D twenty there, or you didn't was see the that... D twenty in the automaton. The automaton. Oh, like, he's like replaced yeah. himself when we came here. Okay. If you want to, you could have it like search for Danny or something. 
have it search for Danny. Yeah, I'll, I'll have it search out Danny and try and telepathically message me his location if he finds him. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll me a, I guess, intelligence check. Okie dokie. To try to like have this thing try to find Danny. Okay. Oh, uh, you can you can for sure take an advantage on that. I will need it. So I'm gonna roll <laughs> an extra. Oh yes, I got a six on the advantage. And I, <laughs> I had a one and a two on the other, but I got a six on the advantage. Yeah. Hell yeah. You send out this creepy sinister doll, and it seems to ignore all laws of physics and gravity because it runs around this place like a wind-up doll, but goes like up the walls, up the ceilings, up around. It's not really like looking necessarily. It's just checking all the place. It's like a Roomba. It's just bumping into walls until it (laughs) finds a thing. It runs around the room at a rapid clip. And you see in the back behind the boiler where fate was sitting, you see it kind of disappear and not reappear. Uh, And then it comes back out, bops on your shoulder, whispers in your ear and goes, Oh, there's a secret door back there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I'd like, um, I'd like for it. To, I don't know if it's. I can take another action this turn, but I would like for it to to then order it to try and corral like the automatons and cut them off while we escape through the secret door. And I I tell everyone that there's a secret door behind the boiler. Uh, I'll let you, it, it'll kind of uh, start making that. I think they're still going to get like a full turn. And then after that, it can kind of uh, grant them some disadvantage or something. Okay, cool. Jaimal, what's up? Uh, what's up? What's up? How am what's I doing? I'm, I'm out of, I'm, I use my fair gold, right? To power a supercharge uh, Bingus. So I'm out. That's true. What's my time at in terms of uh, how long in the day? Or how, how, far, how, how much of a day have we advanced? You guys are like midday into evening, so you still have um, like time on that clock with with Big Bingus. Okay, Big Bingus had been waiting outside. You're more than welcome to try to call him in if you want. Oh God. Hmm. And 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 Viper told us there's a secret door. Mm-hmm. We need a distraction. Whoa. Hmm. I kind of want to call Big Bingus in. Wait, Big Bingus is like the cat, the living one, and Wingus is the mech, Oh, right? so yeah, I guess Wingus, both of them are here. You only have, like, actual control uh, telepathically of Wingus. Okay. But Bingus loves you. Bingus so does if you love call him. him, maybe he'll come. <laughs> and do they both respond to Bingus? Uh, you can certainly try. I'm gonna I'm gonna call for the Binguses to come through. <laughs> Bingus, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and roll your intelligence pool plus your neo die. Okay. Oh no! I got two threes. Oh no! Is your intelligence pool only two? Yeah. Oh no! I have one more. Oh. Yeah. Fuck! That's a one. <laughs> oh no! Can you get advantage from? I think I already Can rolled. We, I think it's yeah. too late because yeah. oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna punish that because it's a critical failure. <laughs> you call for the Binguses. They both of them hear your call and fly in. You guys no! all of a sudden there's a massive collapse in this place. Uh, I'm gonna need everyone to make a dexterity check. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm gonna say difficulty. Ah, difficulty two. Oh, I I automatically fail then, right? 
Unless you give yourself advantage. I'm not you allowed can't. to give myself oh, advantage. Oh, no. You can roll, um, uh, see if you get some specials. There might be something to help you out there. Oh, okay. Cool. Five, five, and a four. Five, five, four. Hell yeah. I got a five and a two. Five and a two. Four, four, five. Okay. Two, two, three, four. Two, two, three, four. Six, five, two, two. Six, five, two, two. Okay, so Enoch, Jayamal, and Kelly, what'd you get? Four, four, five. Four, four, five. All of you are able to avoid damage. Cast, uh, you only got one success? Yeah, I got a five and a two. Uh, you're going to take one hit, so you're going to be reduced by one guard. Okay. Viper. Mm-hmm. I would like to take this time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. To give you back your fool dice. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> I will take it back. Viper, you look up as the entirety of this structure begins to collapse. You move out of the way as best you can with your impressive like physique and dexterity. And all of a sudden you find yourself slammed, pinned to the ground underneath a large pillar. You try to like force it up, but it is not moving anywhere. You've got the majority of a house on top of you. That was uh, Jayamal uh, Kelly. I'm so I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> do I take any? Uh, do I take damage? Do I lose? Uh, you will. You'll lose. Uh, how many successes did you roll? Uh, one success? I had two twos, a four, and a three. Uh, so you'll take one. You'll lose one guard. Okay. Oh no. Kelly and um, Ingrid, you both, I believe, have the same dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, who wants to move first? Wait. Do the do the automatons don't have to roll? to get out of the way of this oh, thing? Oh, they should have to roll to get out of the way. <laughs> very yeah. fair, very fair. Yeah, Brian. Oh, wow, their dex is bad, too. Hell yeah. yeah. It is. One of them just rolled two sixes. Fuck. Damn it. Oh. One of them rolled a four and a five. Damn it. Aww. One rolled no successes. Yeah. yeah. Two successes. Boo. Two ones. That one's just dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ned's best. He was too busy playing the game. I forgot. <laughs> Never got up from the table. Yeah, tunnel vision. <laughs> We're kind of like, that one's actually kind of sad that that one died. We could actually maybe hang out with that one. <laughs> that one seemed pretty okay. Yeah. It was late to lunge. You see, it, you see Ned's one just gets fully impaled and stops moving. The other five, two of them have their guard reduced to zero, so they're only on their health. The rest of them have their guard uh, reduced down to one. Uh, Kelly, were you going next? All right, Kelly's going to, first thing she's going to do is she's going to take her ice axe in one hand. She's going to keep them together for this move and uh, just take a swing at whatever one of the automatons is closest to her. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll an attack, a uh, dex pool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is a two, a four, a five, and a six. Uh, it's three successes. These things only have one defense. You come face to face with Danny's version of you, and you swing your axes. You said it was a five, a four, five, six? Uh, four, five, six. You slam into the this other version of you, the parents in your ears going, it, it's okay, honey. I know this is like kind of fucked up that you're attacking yourself, but it's like, it's fine. It's just an ink copy. So like, don't worry about it. Yeah, honey, I, listen, we'll talk about this later. Like, we'll, we'll get you into therapy. This is going to be a little fucked up, but maybe this will be cathartic. Who knows? You smash into this thing. Uh, it is reduced down to one health. As you see, 
bits of the ink and graphite and things that were composing this creature uh, are destroyed or like melted away. This thing's kind of like standing and moving in this very herky-jerky movement. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Yes. Is the door um, that Viper pointed out, does it still exist or did Bingus smash the door? Uh, It's still there in the sense that there's still a piece of wood there. I wouldn't call it a door anymore. Mm. Uh, But you see like an opening behind this boiler that you may be able to get to. There's a bunch of stuff in the way, so I would make you roll some kind of check to get through. Yeah, I think Kelly's going to make moves over there and um, is basically going to like reach out her hand to whichever one of her friends is closest by and say, it's time to go. Meaning more than we're leaving this room. It's Mm. we're leaving. Whose hand do you think you find? I think instinctually it's reaching for Cass because in real world situations, Cass would, Ned would have been the person who like needed a helping hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's who she's sort of reaching for. You grab onto Cass's hand and you guys begin to run through this area. Um, I'll say, Kelly, go ahead and make a strength check or dexterity check to try to like maneuver your way through this thing. My dex is better. Um, am I adding my d8? Uh, no, because this is just like you trying to move through a, okay. a space. But you can but you can take an advantage. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it did not help me. Uh, <laughs> oh. I got um, a, a six, a three, and two ones. You move through this space as best you can, but there's a lot of debris in here. Uh, you move closer to this door, but you're not quite inside. You see, however, from inside this room, a glowing, pulsing blue and yellow light. It seems to be almost like a disco ball. You see these lights kind of spinning in some kind of way. Uh, you're too far away to really see what's going on, but you see something is happening mm-hmm. in this space. Okay. Um, Ingrid. You see, you look over and you see this light, uh, this menagerie of light beginning to come and emanate from this door. And you see these automatons spread out in front of you. Some of them collapsed on the ground, kind of interposing themselves between you and this door. And you see Viper pinned underneath this beam, using the best of her might to try to force herself out. How many of the automatons are left right now? Um, there are five left. The, the automaton Kelly is looking very hurt. The other ones are at varying degrees of, of damage. And I, I have my puppet that can maybe help me after this, too, if you want to attack them. I want to try something, and if it works out... Uh... Yeah, we'll try it. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, this whole time, at the very least at the beginning, when I saw these weird facsimiles, these silhouettes, these shadows of us... Um, I think I was just getting progressively angry. Um, just seeing how much we've had to go through just to go back home. And I think especially seeing after, after noticing that it's not something taking control of Danny, I think it's kind of like an, kind of, kind of the type of anger you have with a kid when they do something like stupid and hurt them stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're not ang- you're angry that they did it, but obviously you care about them as well, so you want to like save them. So it's a whole bunch of emotions right now. And 
I think he's gonna reach in and I'm gonna use my the voice and I'm gonna use the control feature of it. And I'm gonna try and control all of these automatons. Ooh. That's the goal anyway. Um we'll see if it works. What um <laughs> I need to roll pre-high. Which uh emotion are you trying to pull on? Are you trying to pull on fear or are you trying to pull on trust? Trust. Yeah. And I'm even going to push it into admiration, or at least try to. Before you roll that, I want you to roll a uh, wisdom check for me. Okay. T4s. You see these things, they are partially formed. You see aspects of yourself reflected in them. You don't know how receptive these things will be to the voice or if there is a mind there to fully control. But if there is, you know it'll be harder to push through. Yeah. Okay. So you can definitely do it, but I think it's going to be just that little bit harder because these these things are like of half a mind at this point. They're still being formed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll still try it. I'm still going to give give you an advantage on that for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say mechanically. So are you trying to control... As many as possible? Yes. You're essentially going to remove one more success because of their, like, partially formed mind. Oh, one more. Um, one more for each or one more in total? One more for each would be too much. Let's actually let's say uh, two total. Two total. Okay. So I rolled a four on the D4. Um, so I rolled five successes. One of them is a special. A four on the D4. Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's so, gonna fuck shit up. So, so what's what's the highest? What's the highest you can get to before you subtract two? Uh, before I sub- subtract two, I don't. I'm not gonna do the highest. Oh, okay, okay. I think there's a thing I need to do for this. So I took one of the things I leveled up in was that I remove one less success per target, so I don't have to reduce as oh, much. Nice, but I lose two anyway because of them being half of mine. Mm-hmm. So I have three left over. And then, yes, I have three left over. Then I bump it up to a five. Then down to a four again, then up to a five. So, <laughs> um, so fucking wild. So five, all consuming admiration. And if it's, if it's higher than the willpower, which I honestly doubt, um, that I get complete control over every, all of them. Whoa. Uh, these things are still of half mine. They have essentially no willpower Um, so you're kind of splitting it between each of them so even with like just one per you are overwhelming these essentially mindless or of half a mind creatures tell me what that looks like yeah i think it's honestly very unnerving for anyone that's around as well um but again, the flames erupt, the flesh melts away to reveal the crystalline skull underneath, and his mouth hangs open. And without like his jaw moving anymore, you hear the voice, deep and demonic, saying, um, The purpose you've been given is pathetic. Woo! Useless. Unfinished automatons, but rejoice, for I'll give you purpose. And I'm just going to walk past them and just say, follow me. 
This is so cool. And I'm gonna walk into the door. <laughs> you walk past these versions of you. You see yourself, you see Jayamal, you see Kelly, Anna. You see Ned, unfortunately, his is already smashed and, and it's just like kind of an ink stain on the floor. And you move through them and they begin to stop, regard you, and move to the side, almost like let you pass. And as you start to walk between this column of these ink and graphite people, you see them move in front of you and begin to move all of the various timber and debris out of the way, clearing your path towards this door. You see four of your friends are doing this as this path appears in front of you, and standing in front of the door is this half-finished version of Danny, half of his face complete, half of it still graphite and pencil. It turns to you, and in your mind you hear that word, rejoice, and follow me. It slowly looks at you, Danny's face, half-finished, begins to curl up in a very bright and happy smile as it moves to the side and opens the door for you. Inside, you see Danny, the real Danny, still resplendent in his, like, blue long coat, but, like, bits of him are almost coming through, like, tattered bits of his real clothes... As you see in front of him, his one eye is just kind of closed. And in front of him, there's a giant D20 that is spinning and pulsing and things slowly growing and growing in front of him. You see his hands are kind of stuck around it, almost like containing a massive like spell energy or something. He looks at you kind of like blinking wide as he looks at you and goes, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to do. I didn't. I don't know what to help. Please, help! I can't hold it in! And he's trying to control this thing. Top of the order, we see Cass. As you glance forward, you are slowly filing in behind these automatons. You see Danny there holding this thing, trying to hold in this bit of energy that seems to be growing more and more and more unstable. You see... Danny's eyes looks towards you and you see him his face has mellowed a little bit without this entity inside of him for the moment it seems to be he's trying to contain it as best he can but seems like he is losing that battle what do you do um I, I try to help I try to help him Control it, I guess. Is is my friend reaching out for help? I want to help. You move forward and he extends a hand out to you and goes, Please, just grab my hand. We gotta go. Oh, is he doing a trick? Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's not doing a trick. Um... Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I grab his hand. Why the heck not? You grab his hand. Uh, go ahead and roll me 
whatever check you feel is appropriate in this space. Could be your wisdom pool as you try to like help control this force that is going out of control in this area. Yeah, wisdom wisdom's probably my best bet. Um can I can I use my uh my godbinder die or Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gonna try and, and use all of the the powers of, of fate at my disposal to uh to influence it towards controlling this thing. Okay, I got a one, a two, a three, and two sixes. Ooh. One, a two, a three, and two sixes. Hell yeah. You grab onto Danny's hand and you feel a pulse of energy as you feel this whatever has been controlling Danny, you feel that kind of force itself into you through this connection in his hand and you help Danny try to fight it off. You can feel Danny's hand squeezing you as he is trying to force this thing out of him, whatever power is holding onto him. And you, using whatever powers or fate you have, try to help force it out of him, but you feel it coursing through your body and you recognize this power. It's the same thrall that that sometimes hit you when you controlled someone else's fate. It's the same lull of this place, this place that wants to keep you here and you do mm. your best to force it out. Viper. Mm-hmm. You find yourself underneath this, this beam. You see this massive uh, D20 off in the distance, blue and yellow light shimmering all around. And you see Cass kind of reaching out his hands, Danny reaching out their hands as they're trying to control this thing. What do you do? Um, I'm going to order telepathically the, the creepy doll to come and lift this beam off me. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll a, I guess a strength check. Okay, uh, that's I'll say, I'll say strength or charisma. Okay, I'll roll charisma because it's that's higher. And you do have your full dice back if you want to use it. Okay, I will use... So I add that to my pool. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is a six, a five, a three, and a one. And there are no uh, circles or X's on the full dice on the face that landed up. Two successes and a special. You, along with the help of your doll, kind of force this thing off ah. of you, and you scramble out. I think with a special, you get to add an extra circle to your dice or something. I uh, special roll another d6 and add it to the present dice pool. So oh I yeah, I'll, go ahead and do that. I'll roll another one. That's a three, so we can just forget about <laughs> yeah. that. Just forget about that. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. You force yourself up and run into this room. I assume are you running into this room? I'm going to run into the room in the most foolish way. So I'm going to start <laughs> screaming the lyrics to Landslide. And as I step over, as I step over the threshold into the, into the room, I would like to launch myself head first, like rocketing into the dice, into the D20. <gasps> wow. To try and like knock it down. In a very How do way. I roll this? So you're definitely gonna oh, roll your no. full dice. Okay. I'll say go ahead, go ahead and roll your charisma pool. You can add your full dice. Okay. I think this is gonna be a bit of a sliding scale. So difficulty for like large amounts of success is gonna be uh two. Uh if you roll a circle, something's gonna happen. If you roll a cross, something also is gonna happen. <laughs> okay. 
Um, okay, so I'm gonna roll my just my full dice. Uh, no, your whole charisma pool. Oh, whole charisma pool. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Cool. Uh, plus my fool dice. Yes, indeed. Ooh, that's a six. A circle came up on my fool dice, and it's and that's a one. So I rolled a six, two, a four, and a one, and a, the circle on the one. Circle is a fluke of good luck. You tell me what what happens as you dive headfirst into this thing. As I dive headfirst into this thing, into this dice, the. The blue and yellow energy from the spinning D20 like crackles and lights up as I kind of go through this barrier. And then the D20 sort of puffs into smoke and falls and the color drains from it and it falls to the ground and there's no more energy crackling around it. And I'd like to like try and sever its tie to Danny if that's possible. But that's the fluke of good luck, but you can change that, I think. You fly forward into this thing. You find yourself in this liminal space of blue and yellow energy crackling all around you. You see this tether of energy, this like central nucleus of some kind of chaotic world building and world destroying, world shaping energy. And you see almost like a Tesla ball, a bit of energy spiraling out through the face of the 20, of the 20th side, going directly into Danny's chest. You kind of swim through this liminal space and you grab onto that tether and try to wrench it apart. You pull it apart you feel the energy begin to fade around you as you kind of fall to the ground, your feet back on the ground, and you feel the energy begin to force itself into your arm as you feel the D20 is beginning to lose its power, but it's trying to regain a hold onto a new host onto you. Jaimal. No. You see... Viper dive headfirst in this thing. This massive D20 disappears, and instead you see almost like a slightly larger size of like a normal die crackling with this energy as it is trying to force itself directly into Viper's chest. She's like forcing it back as much as she can as its tethers are lashing around her, trying to like pull themselves closer. (laughs) You see Danny like fall to the ground, almost like tired, as this connection is severed, he's kind of looking up and panting. <sighs> Cass, you feel that that connection sever for a moment. Jaimal, what do you do? The fuck? <laughs> um, so I, when I leveled up, I, I, I went the route of taking the pawn shop thing. Mm-hmm. How does, how do, how does that, how do I, do I call that? Do I call a guy? Do I? <laughs> uh, I think pawn shop is a way to like sell items to be yeah. able to get fair gold yeah i think like i can sell the way like i can sell like i made my pawn pawn guy uh buy secrets in exchange for fair gold based on how juicy the secret is sure do i just but like is this like any time i can call my pawn my pawn dude <laughs> we just cut away to an episode of pawn stars <laughs> featuring jayamal uh I know I, I chose, I think, Mr. Haberdasher as my pawn guy, but uh, can, I, 
can't. Yeah, you can deal with my creepy puppet. I was to say, the creepy puppet just turns around. It's, uh, and it's, it's like, also hey. my pawn dealer. <laughs> with your AI system, you can operate on like a faster than light speed because you're just going through like pure computer motions. Um, you see the creepy doll kind of turn to you. It's like <laughs> immediately just like, Phew! Uh, for the rest of you, you just see it like it glitches from looking forward to looking towards Jaimal. Its eyes connect with you and you see like an information stream fly from its eyes directly into your eyes. And like you are in full connection. You hear uh, uh, in this like kind of pause bit of time, you hear a phone ring. Hello. Hey there. Uh, what, 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 what can I do you for? <laughs> Mr. Haberdasher. That's me. Rudy. Nine fingers Rudy, they call me. <laughs> Rudy Haberdasher. Oh, boy. <gasps> do you... I need fair gold. Well, you, you come to the right place, because I got fair gold for days. Well, really just for today, because it disappears. But, you know, you get it. I got a lot of it. Um... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really in the, I'm kind of out of the physical goods market recently. I'm kind of mostly trading information and secrets. Is that going to be a problem? Uh, no. Well, great. Uh, you know, uh, I, usually I do kind of like one fair gold for uh, for a tale, two fair golds for like a, a life-altering secret, and three fair golds for something that will truly destroy or remake someone's life. So like, you know, you, kind of you tell me what, what you think I can use, and then, uh, but just, just so you know, I'm once this transaction is complete, I'm free to use this information in whatever way I see fit. So, you know, just want to give that uh, transactional uh, implication up front. Once you <laughs> give to me this information that it, that becomes mine, that's, you know, fair gold law. Yes, yes, if it makes sense. Fair gold law. Um, I, like, put my hand to, like, the phone and I'm like, Hey, guys, does anyone have a secret I can sell? <laughs> We already busted our big secret with uh, Ned's grandma. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, does Mr. Mr. Aberdasher doesn't know that? <laughs> that is true, actually. That's a good he secret, yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, I go back on the phone, I'm like, Hey, Mr. Aberdasher, did you, did you, uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, actually, you don't, you wouldn't remember this. But uh, back in high school, we, Danny and us, we pretended to be Ned's grandma for a week so he wouldn't be sad during finals. Well, now, see, that that's one of those kind of secrets that's, you know, it's kind of already floating out there. I've kind of got a sensor right here. You already I didn't necessarily know the secret, but I know that it's it's available to some other people. I could give you, like, a fair penny or something. But if you want a piece of fair gold, you're going to have to give me something that ain't nobody knows. Oh, fuck, You got okay. any secrets about Brett? I put down the phone. I, 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 put, I go, he already knows, um... He already knows about that one. Um, I... The company I'm working for, uh-huh. up um, on my side, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think most, like, CEOs are doing this, but my one in particular is definitely laundering some money. Great. Um, some of the numbers weren't adding up, but I don't want to say anything because if I do, I'll probably get fired. Um, I, I sleep in my cab sometimes. I love. Okay, we have two. Uh, <laughs> anybody else? Okay, great. We have two. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Habitasher, I got I got two big ones. Um, uh, turns out, uh, Enoch's been 
laundering money. <laughs> Not me, my oh, boss. Oh my boss, <laughs> laundering money. And sometimes, every now and again, um, uh, viper, has been uh, sleeping in her car. You see, uh, you hear like a calculator, like one of those old-fashioned calculators. Like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I can give you like a piece of fair gold for that information. That seems pretty fair. What? <laughs> I mean, listen. I, both of these seem like things that are easily discoverable. If you give me something deep, dirty, I can give you more. But, you know, I, I, I'm i just telling you what the numbers are telling me. Oh, fine. Just give me the one. I'll call you back later. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, uh, if you want to divulge something that no one at the table knows about Jayamal, uh, I'll say that you can have a second piece of fair gold. Like if I... If you if you tell him something that has not yet been revealed about your character that you would not want the that you've been keeping from everyone else uh-huh. at the table, and do I have to tell them at the table right now? Are they going to hear it? Do we hear yeah, him on the phone? I, I, or no, I guess they probably wouldn't because he wants to keep it secret. But you've got to tell him uh, this thing. Um. Okay. Well, here's what. Let me know how much fair gold this is going to cost. Is that'll probably decide what I do. But I want to uh, get the fair gold, and I don't think this is really in the game. But whatever, I want to supercharge my hacking ability so I can hack the. the well, yeah, dice. you can do that for sure. Okay, is that going to cost more than one fair gold? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I think uh, Jai Mal looks at the phone, looks at you guys, and goes. Um. Okay, Mr. Haberdasher. Um. I'm married. <gasps> Secret marriage to Brett. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh Incredible. My god. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow, Larry's they around. <laughs> was hoping that it was something like that. <laughs> oh my Amazing! God. Oh, dream couple. What Drank, a your face was so good. <laughs> I so much more now. <laughs> Knowing that he's like secretly closeted, like no wonder he's forced to live a lie. Of course, he's an asshole. <laughs> Poor Brett. Oh my god. Poor Brett. Um. You see on your heads-up display, a video call pops up, and Mr. Haberdash appears, and he goes, Hachi machi, that's the Hachi machi. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. Here we go. You feel some kind of, like, spectral hand almost reach into your brain and, like, grab onto that information in some kind of physical form. You see in the video call, he holds it up, and there's just, like, your words spinning around in this cyclone. Ooh, this is going to be tasty. Okay, here we go. Pops it inside of a sandwich and takes a bite. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's, that's got layers to it. Mm, huh. Got layers. Oh, oh yeah. Well, here you go. Um, and he deposits uh, four pieces of fair gold in your account. Four. Just four. Just four. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Okay, cool. How much do I need to supercharge my hacking ability to try and hack this dice? Uh, if you plug all your fair gold into this thing, 
you can definitely make uh you're gonna have to make a roll for it no matter what right um but you can definitely like with four fairgold you can actually like get into the system and make a shot make a shot at it okay yeah i'll do that are there any more advantages left to get oh yeah you you know what take take two of them okay yeah um so go ahead and roll your intelligence pool plus your uh neo dice cool uh, right before you roll, let me let me. Okay, what is the to essentially beat this thing? What is the DC? Um, I think it's got to be difficulty three. So you got to get four successes or higher. Okay. Okay. You know what? Take four, <laughs> or take sorry, take three. Take all three. Uh, okay. Advantage. So how many dice are you rolling? Oh, well, can I have one more from you? Yeah. Cool. So I'm rolling. Oh, sorry, it's under your paper. I'm rolling. Uh, six d six and my d uh ten. Okay, so you got to get four successes total. Okay, to fully beat this thing. Uh, past that, it'll be kind of a sliding scale of like helping. Okay, that's just half ish. All right, all right. What's <laughs> up? Machi, 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 machi. <laughs> oh my god! No, what no. happened? That doesn't look good. What the fuck is with these oh, dice? Oh, man, no. <laughs> Brian gave me broken dice. Did so. mine roll okay? Yeah, yours did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sabotage on Brian. How many what a waste of Your marriage secret. is over. <laughs> what am I doing this for? <laughs> I got two threes, a one, two twos, and then a four and a five. Oh, my God. Okay, so two successes. Oh. You got halfway oh. there. You plug into this die by some kind of like Ethernet tether. You begin to hack various ways. This thing is creation and destruction itself. It is like writing and destroying its own base code in front of you. You're trying to get in front of this thing and you're able to like slow it down. You feel the world begin to kind of at a slower pace, uh, but you still see Viper holding on, forcing her, forcing her hand against this thing, trying to keep it from enveloping her. Viper, you feel the thrall of this thing lessen as you're able to force it out from yourself just that little bit more. I'm trying. What would a character do if they knew they were part of a story? What would they say to the author that is pulling their strings? In Samantha Lee's solo RPG, Death of the Author, players take on the role of a character fighting for control over their narrative. Draw tarot cards and modify scene prompts to bend the story to your will. Each change, however, comes with a consequence, as the author may use your own words against you. Death of the Author is crowdfunding on Backerkit from May 14th to May 28th. You can find the project by searching Death of the Author Backerkit in your search engine of choice. Fight the narrative. Defy your author. Little Wolves is a folktale TTRPG where players fill the fur of shape-shifting werewolves in a realm of fae and of magic called the Enchanted Forest. 
Players will craft physical masks that represent their characters and use them during play to shift between their wolf and their mortal forms. As they perform favors and complete quests, new marks are made on their masks that reflect the real physical changes that the werewolves undergo. The enchanted forest is deep and detailed with fey queens, courts, and all manner of denizen for your werewolves to meet. The crowdfunding campaign for Little Wolves launches May 14th. You can follow the campaign at bytes.rip slash littlewolves. That's B-Y-T-E-S dot R-I-P slash littlewolves. And you can check out the free demo and quick start at bytes.rip slash littledemo. Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! Ingrin and Kelly. Uh, you guys are both up next. Um, what do you guys want to do? I burned all my prophecies, guys. It's up to you. Do you care which order we go in? You guys can act in whatever order or together if you want. I would like to do something. I want to boost. Go for it. Kelly. Because this feels like something Kelly can do the finishing blow for. Um, I fastball special. Uh, <laughs> I am going to... I believe my command like of essentially follow is still like working on these automatons, yeah. right? Okay. I'm... I might do something. I'm going to do something silly. We love silly. Um, but I need to. I'm going to go back into the basement, back into the room, and have those automatons follow me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to drop control of them because I need to be able to use my voice again um, to do this. So I want to like put a distance between the automatons and the rest of the group so they have time to act. And then I'm going to again yell to um, Kelly Kelly with an I actually no I only yell to Kelly with a Y <laughs> I believe in Kelly with a yeah. Y um, and just yell um, again in this demonic voice still the crystalline skull <laughs> Kelly we've always had our back I've got yours but we need you now and I'm going to use my voice and boost Kelly up to a... Oh, this is... I, I'm going to... Tr- we'll see what I boost Kelly up to. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly becomes a god. <laughs> okay. So I rolled a three. Starting off as a three on the intensity. You've rolled wild with that die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't roll great on the die, though. Okay, so... 
I'm going to boost Kelly's trust. So this is going to be, um, I'm going to go with the trust and mm-hmm. admiration spoke, emotional spoke of the wheel. And I want to boost you up to a... I want to be shot to a six, but it says likely lethal, and I don't want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, within her scale, six plus is inhuman. With creative violence, you can defeat a god, hope, or yourself. <sighs> Do you think you can handle it? I'm just—I don't know how the likely lethal part works because it just says that. There doesn't seem to be like a roll or anything. I think it's up to the GM, I guess. I mean, we're paragons. Um, we're not your average. <laughs> yeah. That's a good. That is true. You gotta trust that it's gonna work out, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm gonna trust that it's gonna work out. I rolled three successes, um, without including the D4. It was a, a four, five, and a six. I'm- I can my special be that I don't kill Kelly. Six. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll let you with your special hold on to this voice and kind of like make sure it stays tethered i'll say while you're holding on to it you are completely defenseless against anything else in this room so if you have defense yeah. it goes to zero Ooh, i only have two health that would definitely uh, kill me um oh okay actually um <laughs> another ability i got in um in my level up is a working artist. Um, it says, once per adventure, declare who owes you a favor and say what you did to earn it. Sure. Ooh. Oh, that's I fun. think Ingrin, uh, not necessarily Enoch, but whatever backstory Ingrin had, um, saved fate. Wow. Ooh. Love that. Yeah. Because, because of that, um, owes Ingrin a favor. Badass. <laughs> yeah, so I think instead, I still yell that to Kelly, because I do think Kelly's the only one that can really um, uh, fully help us. Oh, man. <laughs> the favor I'm going to ask um, Fate is for Fate to push on Kelly's scales so that she succeeds. Reminding him of the time that I saved him from the deicides long ago. You feel the world slow around you. A tinkling of chimes somewhere behind you. You are held in this position, like launching your voice towards Kelly, kind of frozen in time. Like you don't seem to be moving outside of this. You feel breath on your neck as you hear a voice over your right shoulder. You sure this is what you want to use it for? This will make us even. And I hate owing a debt. I think still frozen in this space. I think physically frozen, but almost like laid on top of the flesh of Ingrid, you can see like the spectral skeleton, uh, like skull, the crystal skull. The crystal skull, I think, similar to when um, Ingrid commanded Michael to run, the skull turns and makes direct eye contact with Fate and says, I'm certain 
Now pay your debt. You see Fate's ice blue eyes and Cheshire smile break for a moment at you commanding it, not with your voice, but with something even more powerful, calling in a favor from Fate itself. You see it kind of cocks its head and looks at you. All right. Bit of a waste, I think, but your favor. Snaps its fingers, and you feel a tether between you and Kelly as you feel you granting her this intense power, but also holding tight onto her sanity and her humanity, her vitality, knowing that this tether cannot be broken. You look around as the world begins to come back to full motion. You hear this intensity from the other room and you see the automatons around you begin to shake off the effect of your voice and turn towards you held out in this motion. Kelly, Mm -hmm. you feel the fullness of Ingrid's words fill you. This is a level of trust that is defined mechanically as inhuman. This is my emotional scale has reached six. Your emotional scale has reached six. Whoa. Uh-oh. Whoa. The wow. Map. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a question about that. Yeah. Is that the rules are if my emotional scale ever meets or exceeds my willpower, I am overwhelmed by it. Does that have a mechanic? Like, if I'm overwhelmed, am I forced to use, like, creative violence or something? Uh, What's your willpower? Five. I'll let you define it exactly how you want it to. You feel this level of trust hit you. This emotion that, at this level, this isn't, this can't be defined by a single word. Trust is far too small a word. Admiration couldn't come close to what you are feeling. And the power that is being forced into these axes is beyond measure. But you feel something in yourself fundamentally change. You're not quite sure what maybe you are, but you feel something is shifting. But for now, you know within your hands you hold the power to destroy Anything. A world. A god. Yourself. You hear Enoch's voice echo in your head. We need you now. You hear your parents in either ear. You got this, honey. Never been more proud of you. Not once. (laughs) What do you do? Oh my god. Alright, um... Kelly looks around the circle and again like prompts everyone to grab hands and she's never felt more confident or sure in her entire life of like even to the point of saying like if it if if something even if it goes wrong I trust the process sort of a thing uh, prompts everyone to grab hands including Danny 
Ah, uh, does everybody? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Am I able to? Oh yeah. Ingrid's in the I other didn't room. Away, so like the automatons would follow. I'll let you run in with these things chasing you. <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> We've got a god killer on our side. I think we're well. good. <laughs> I'll run in. You you run into the room and you see Kelly resplendent in this vibrant yellow energy, like literally your eyes glowing out of their sockets with this energy. With everybody holding hands, I think Kelly takes uh, the two people who she's in between. Uh, I'm going to say it's Danny and, um, and Cass. Uh, and puts their hands together and puts one of her hands on top of theirs and takes her axe and swings back with a huge arc crashing into the 20-sided die and use her creative violence to destroy it while saying the game is over. You guys feel this energy coursing through you as you all connect hands like completing a circuit. Each of you feels a level of trust unparalleled by any emotion any human has felt. Not what Kelly is feeling, and you know that. You know if you're feeling this, what must she be experiencing right now? but you feel completely at ease in this moment, absolutely sure of what's going to happen. You see Kelly's wide arc with one of her axes, and in this moment, as you're all connected, you all hear her mother. See you guys soon. As the (laughs) axe comes down hard, Viper directly in front of your face, where you're holding off this D20 and makes the tiniest of connections directly with the 20th side. You see it break and begin to shatter. And as this small, magical object begins to explode in this torrent of blue and yellow fire and force of creation and destruction and alteration, you hear Kelly's voice quietly, calmly in this menagerie, this cacophony of violence and noise, simply say, the game is over. What do each of you say in this moment between life and destruction? The game is over. Game is over. The game is over. The game is over. You guys all say that and you turn to look at Danny. You see Kelly holding on to Danny's hand, Danny turning to you guys tears streaming down his face you can't quite see all of what he is feeling or what he's thinking or what he wants to say what he will say in the coming days and months and years if you'll let him but you know there is some kind of sorrow and apology there to what degree you'll ever hear it you don't know but you know enough when he opens his mouth and says the game is over. <gasps> yeah. 
Hachi machi. Hachi machi. You guys land back in the familiar basement. Dark, poor lighting. Much worse lighting that was than was just there. <laughs> and blink back into consciousness, into awakeness. Looking across from each other, seeing yourselves back in your original bodies. Oh, okay. There's the back pain. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to be back. I slap Danny. You... just a gentle slap but I do slap him Uh, you've still got a lot of force you're still a strong (laughs) beefy woman bam Um, Danny takes it on the chin looks up kind of rubs his face I'm uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what happened I I just wanted to I just wanted to play a game with my friends. I I don't know where I lost that. I, I'm sorry. Really, really. I'm so sorry. I think Kelly, uh, having felt the, like, inhuman level of trust, even in the other realm or the other worlds, Clothalion has had a lasting effect on her and girl's chill. And so she takes Danny's hand and on her face, it's clear. It's so genuine and real and sincere. She says, it's okay, Danny. We can play games anytime. Yeah, man. Just like give us all the info ahead of time. After I explain everything to my kids (laughs) and my wife, and I finished talking to my brother. Um, and probably my parents, because I imagine my wife would have called my parents after the note. Um, <laughs> Wait, is yeah, the did, note here? Did someone find yeah, how, it? <laughs> how much time has passed in the in the real world? That's a good that's a good thing mm-hmm. to know, to learn. As that question occurs to each of you, let's move into a bit of an epilogue. I'm gonna go in uh dice order here. Enoch. Yeah. In the coming days, weeks, and months. How does this experience affect you? And I guess my, my actually my first question to you is, how much time did pass? Huh? Mm. <laughs> oh boy. Since we got into the game and left it? Mm-hmm. Inside the game, it was like three or four days. Okay. Did we miss the reunion? I think it'd be funny and both very funny and interesting for it to be like long enough for people to notice. I think a day. I think like a full day passed. So you're probably like getting, I at the very least, I know Enoch would be getting a bunch of messages considering the notes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like a full day passed. At the very least, I know Kelly's parents would have probably noticed because I imagine uh, Suzanne's like the kind of person to be like, do you want snacks? And notice no one's in the basement anymore. (laughs) So yeah, I think a full day passed. You guys make your way upstairs. Kelly, you see your parents about there go, What? Where have you been, honey? Oh my, are you kidding me? Have you, have you guys been playing this whole time? Is there a... What? Where did you... I made special bonbons, gluten-free, and they went cold. Look at them. Look at them. They're sad now. So, so sorry, Mom. We actually <laughs> decided that it would be more fun if we went camping. So 
we yeah. were camping for a day. That's yeah, why, like, we didn't camping. have phones, we didn't have service. Brown yeah. still tastes pretty good. <laughs> 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 Listen, I don't mind that so much. I wish you would have told me. And really, really, my concern here is we've had to put up Brett for the past 24 hours. He's been actively changing our state. Mm, you look up and there's mm-hmm, like wires mm-hmm. hanging from the ceiling. He was inconsolable. We've had to have him hang around here for the pa- Listen, he's a nice, he's a nice boy. A lot to put on your parents, okay? Totally get it, Mom. Totally, totally. Where, where is he? Uh, he's um, in like the house above the, um, or in like the apartment above the uh, cafe. So I said something. <laughs> would would Danny have been the only person who actually heard it, or did the rest of us? Yeah, hear did that? we? Did we all hear that? Only only the only Mr. Only Mr. Haberdash actually knew the secret. Uh, he is allowed to do with it what he wants, uh, but only only Mr. Haberdash heard the secret. That version of Haberdasher, I also had a psychic connection with because he was my creepy <laughs> summon puppet. So I'm just Ooh, saying that's that. True. On I think, some deep level. Anna I think Anna, Anna intercepted. Anna was actually like on a party line. <laughs> I'm just I'm so excited that you're gay. <laughs> she's like another like queer ally on this. <laughs> that she's just like, but she's never. She would never out you, but she just like looks to you and is like winking like really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, where is Brett? <laughs> Jay uh, is like looking at Anna being like, yo, be cool. Uh, uh, Jaimal kind of starts to cry as like he kind of hears uh, Kelly's parents talk about Brett because he knows kind of everyone hates him and looks at, is Danny with us, right? Danny's with you, yeah. He looks at Danny and he's like, hey, man. I loved you guys, like family. And I I know I wasn't always present for everything. and I wasn't, I don't know, leaned in on the popular stuff. And I don't know why, I just, I felt like I could never be who I wanted to be. And I'm sorry for not being in your life. It just always felt like there was a part of me that you guys hated. And it's obvious the way you treat Brett. And I know he was a dick. And I know he was awful, awful to you guys. But I've been married to Brett for the past 10 years. Wow. You see Danny's face kind of like, you see an initial surprise. Uh, and then he tries to couch that because he doesn't know what's appropriate in this moment. He kind of looks and goes, I didn't. I, okay, let me just address real quick. I feel really bad about making him a soul-sucking vampire. That feels bad. <laughs> and he, uh, uh, and then Jacob's like, it's my, like, it's my fault. I, I was afraid to come out. I didn't know what that would do to my career. And I kind of forced Brett and he's been such a great partner. He's actually really sweet and like a nice guy. He, he isn't a DJ. He hates that music, but he's, he, Danny, he loved your book. He loves your writing. He he would read it to me while I went to sleep. Whoa. He did such a good job with the speakers, too. Like, it looks really professional. He did a lot of research yeah. to pull off the facade. <laughs> I think it's right about now that you see um, 
Brett come in and he's got over one shoulder like a bunch like a huge thing of speakers but on the, over the other shoulder is like a bunch of decorating material to make it like fit in like he's actually trying to upgrade it rather than like just add huge speakers he kind of walks in uh, talking like amiably with um, uh, Bob and then looks at you and goes everything clatters to the side goes dude where the fuck have you been I was so worried <laughs> and comes up just gives you a big hug and I, uh, I like kind of push him back, and then I kiss him. Woo! He like, Yay! he kind of like pauses, looks around, and goes, "Is cool? Is cool?" I told them everything. Word, man, and it comes in, just gives you a big one right there. He's like, "Mom, mom, go get the champagne." <laughs> Anna starts squealing like way unbefitting for like someone her size. She's just like jumping up like a little girl, like tapping her hands together, like squealing. I think it's also this moment Brett overcorrects a little bit and is making out just a little harder than it should be in this moment. Whoa, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to okay. busy myself mm. looking oh, for things. Yeah, I'm gonna, Suzanne, I'm going to help you find that champagne. Yeah. <laughs> he, he breaks apart and kind of looks at you and goes, don't ever do that to me again, okay? I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, listen, if you had disappeared on like a Tuesday, that'd have been fine. But Wednesday, that's Survivor, man. I know, okay? I know. And you and I. We love Jeff Probst. I know. I, that dude is hot and he could get it, all right? <laughs> oh my God. We'd never miss Survivor. That sacred vow, yeah, man. I, that, was our, that was our only wedding vow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not... I won't be mad for very long, okay? But just, like, promise me you won't do... If you're going to go somewhere Brett, with your you friends, so tell I'm me... I'm so sorry, Brett. I, uh, yes. Okay. okay. Fine. I'm so sorry. Fine. I think, uh, if you don't mind, <laughs> Carolyn, I think Enoch and um, Anna are just kind of, like, peeking around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, what <laughs> <laughs> We're both just like nodding, like, like, oh. like <laughs> just like one head stacked up, up the other, looking around the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys kind of make your explanations in peace in this mo- in this immediate moment. Enoch, what happens as you go home and have to see your wife and your children, and when you see uh, your brother next? So I think I come home and I think my wife Hannah, she's been stressing out. Um I, I think it's not infrequent for me to like end up like not doing like full days at work, but at very least like coming late. And I definitely think she thought that was one of the cases in this case, but I didn't called when I didn't come home, but like midnight. And the boss is like, we've, it's closed. We don't, we're not like a 24 hour business. And I don't know. I think she's probably been like calling a bunch of different people, like family, friends, other coworkers, um, and going herself into a bit of a, just in, intense worry. And I think when I show up, um, it's just like a lot of angry crying, <laughs> kind of like, why did you go over for the day? You didn't even say anything. You didn't tell me where you were. No one knows where you were. Eleanor, uh, his daughter, 
I think it's like crying, but more like crying. Like my mom's crying, so I guess I'm crying. I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, but obviously, like runs and hugs Enoch, and Enoch is, I think, also in tears at this because of like how much stress they put them, uh, how much stress he's put them through, and mentally, and also I think outwardly vows um, to um, his wife saying, "I've." had a terrible terrible balance with life and work and you and you've put up with it for so long and I'm so so sorry and like I pick up Eleanor and like hold her and kind of like gently rock her so she stops crying and you and I like give Eleanor a kiss on the forehead um I promise I'm I'm going to be better about it I'm sorry I disappeared for a day um it was impromptu camping and <laughs> just got, that's our story yep. <laughs> I time escaped me um, I, I suppose in the best way with friends rather than work but it still escaped me and I left you two behind and I'm sorry it's right as you say I'm sorry even like cutting off you saying I'm sorry your phone rings uh, and it's work calling you and it is after work hours um, what do you do as this phone rings I put it out and look down at the number and I'm up at my wife, my kid, and I end the call and go to Eleanor. I downloaded this really fun game you might like, and I'm going to open up just like a ran like, I don't know, Angry Birds, whatever, <laughs> Candy Crush, something like that, and open it up and hand it to her and just goes, if there anyone calls, hit that red button, Okay. I go have fun, <laughs> and I let them go off to play with that. You see her um, holding your her your, like regular size iPhone in both of her hands, like it's a you know old fashioned yeah. Game Boy. You go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hannah looks at you, tears kind of streaming down her face. Still, this like angry sobbing. Uh, she kind of gets a little serious for a second. Goes, um, so I w- I was upset. I did. A th- I may. I may have cursed out your boss just a little bit, just a little bit when oh. they called, just a little bit. Um, so you might have to deal with that later. But sorry, I'm sorry. We would do I'm that sorry. on work hours. I wasn't at my best, but um, <laughs> no, honestly, I think that is one of your best. Thank you. Um, if it <laughs> felt, you probably said everything I couldn't. Say. It felt so good. It felt <laughs> so good. I love you. I I love you too. I'm just, I'm just happy you're home, okay? You, and let's, let's try to have you be home any bit more. I, I, listen, I know you love your job. I know you want to work. I know this is good and fulfilling, but I just need a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a little bit more. Oh, you and Eleanor are fulfilling for me. I will give you more. Actually, in fact... My friend, um, Jay, they recommended Survivor. Um, <laughs> to watch together. Um, I think it's on today. Uh, you see her eyes kind of uh, look at you a little weird. And she goes, I guess we could try an episode in the exact cadence of someone who is definitely going to start getting obsessed with Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you know it, but out in the universe, Jeff Probst is like, one more? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a few days later, and you 
happened by uh, your parents' house for this reason or that, and your brother is there. And you see a little something has changed in him. What is it that you see that's different? I think he... I think he was one of the people um, Hannah called when I hadn't showed up. And I think would be me with him thinking I'm missing. He probably looked like reminisced and looked back on our relationship, thinking like, did I do something wrong, this or that? And I think I don't think he I think he realizes the distance that's grown between them. I think he always knew that. But I think he was able to identify what it is and and it was how his parents and other people would always compare him to Enoch. And I think there's a level of almost like, not guilt, but just an awareness of this now. And and I think during this like reunion, when, when we, I go back to my parents' place, um, I, probably something ridiculous. My mom probably called me over to like fix the computer or something. And uh, my brother's there. I think whenever my parents kind of subconsciously or just in passing say something kind of snide or uh, uh, Michael would be able to do this kind of tone. Michael steps up and goes, no, I wouldn't actually, you know, the best person for this. Or like, I think what I notice is Michael noticing this gap and trying to at the very least meet me halfway. And after my experience during... Um, being in Glaroth, wherever that is, place is, that I frankly have suppressed at this point as much as I could. Um, I'm also trying to make that, close that distance between me and Michael. You see Michael beginning to soften in that way or become just more aware of things. You see him every now and then as your parents make some kind of snide remark or something that just does it strikes you in some wrong way you see him often look at you look at them and then correct them or give them some kind of small talking to trying to slowly correct their behavior it feels good it feels right you feel more connected with your brother and i think sometime later you are growing closer and closer with your brother and you Happened to one night after watching uh, four or five episodes of Survivor season three. <laughs> like, bro, you need to watch this. Me and Hannah, it's, it's been getting really good. I mean, I'll, I'll try it, I guess. Uh, in the exact cadence. <laughs> That's what Hannah said. <laughs> Before going to bed one night, you are washing your face and brushing your teeth, and you glance into the mirror and you see just a little flash of something that you hadn't noticed before that little bit of emerald green still left in your eyes just a little flash of it you blink and it kind of disappears but your eyes seem to have shifted just that little bit more towards green and there's a little part of you that wonders if that's not what Michael is reacting to But again, you push those thoughts away, rather not thinking of them and just accepting what is happening. Anna, going to the D6. Mm-hmm. 
How has this changed Anna? I'd like to cut to some months later for Anna. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. Um, Anna has stopped wearing only free promotional t-shirts. She, she, she's now wearing like, she's still like this big woman, but now she, she likes it instead of like trying to hide her kind of shrink down. She like just walks around and like owns that stature, just knowing that even the slap at Danny at the end, like knowing that she's, she is powerful and she has, she has that, um, she's wearing like very tailored clothes, a nice suit jacket, and you see her, if it's okay with um, Shanu, you see her uh, on the street pulling up to this fancy gal as she hops out of no longer a taxi cab, but a nice like SUV, opens the door, and Brett and Jay get Hi. out. Hell and she's, yeah. she's working as their driver part-time <laughs> while she's taking uh, night school classes. Um, to She's gone back to school. Um, to get her degrees and she's working towards like something in the sciences field um and so you see her like very happily like opening the door for them at this red carpet event and then like um she knows it'll be a couple hours so she drives around uh, about 15 minutes away from whatever event they're doing to an apartment and you see her um, open the door to her apartment and two little kittens like bound towards oh, her <laughs> and she's gotten she's she's like made her peace with with Leslie and Samantha formerly known as Bingus and now she adopted <laughs> two little rescue cats on her own and then she just like sits plops down on the couch puts on an episode of Survivor and cuddles up with her cats <laughs> <laughs> waiting for for uh, the time when she needs to go pick Jay and Brett back up You see these two little kittens are jumping all over. They've got the zoomies, the perpetual <laughs> zoomies. Yeah. They at times test your patience, but in a fun way, like they're climbing all over you. Like they're somehow wrestling on you, but they're sideways with their claws into your clothes. It's <laughs> yeah. wild. Uh, what did you end up naming them? I guess they've got to be Big Bingus, who I call BB and Wingus. But we just call Wingy. So BB and Wingy. <laughs> you see BB and Wingy just running around you. They're jumping on the sides of the couch and are like making these leaps that seem as if they can fly. They seem to like move just that little bit extra, jumping over top of each other, slamming into each other midair and landing on your lap. <laughs> kind of like looking around like, like oh, okay, more play, more play, more play. <laughs> You play with these little kittens for a while. You watch Survivor. You get a call eventually to go back and pick up Jaimal and Brett. Everything's going in this positive direction. Anna had always been a person who had trouble controlling her anger and her rage. You've been able to tap that down slowly but surely over time. What? What has been most effective to do that? Like, what is changing you the most? She's, instead of just being kind of mad at the world all the time that things aren't in her control, she realizes, like, we met fate and bargained with them 
And ultimately it's like your choices that do matter. So she takes all that energy and rage and just really pours it into her old dreams of like becoming a scientist. And she's just like been studying and like learning. And that's what's helped her. Like her under her understanding and curiosity and excitement about learning new things has helped her channel and tamp down her anger. If only because it's always a distraction. You vent that energy into a better place, a more constructive place, a place that builds you up rather than tears others down. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Some months later you find yourself some months, maybe some years later, uh, you find yourself on the road heading towards a small but nice ceremony, uh, a graduation ceremony. What has changed for Kelly in that time? Who's graduation? Oh, sorry. A graduation for uh, Anna. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I was like, do I secretly have children? Um <laughs> I'm also married to Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kelly, you can't really feel a godlike level of trust and have it not have a lasting impact on you. And so Kelly, it's, she's still her, but a lot of that anxiety and stress and, and need for a sense of control has diminished greatly. It's not gone completely, but it has diminished a lot. Um, and she's still that person who's always going to be prepared. She's still the snack captain. She's still, you know, bringing things to the graduation of like, I read the weather, it was going to be really hot. So she's got like two cases of water in the back and coolers and, and all sorts of things. Um, I think that after this experience, um, after the game and Glorthalion, she realized that a lot of the security that she had been searching for and steadiness, um, that the current way she was achieving of, of just having like a solid routine wasn't actually really scratching the itch of, it wasn't fulfilling her as much as she she wanted it to be. And so pivots jobs and, and she was like an emergency like rescue worker and now uh, basically takes nursing stints, like traveling around a bunch of places uh, so that she can constantly be basically bouncing between all of her friends and hanging out and checking in and uh, celebrating with them and like helping Anna study for finals and and um, working with like, I don't know, Jayamal on and Brett on like the really cool, you know, set that they're going to have at their vow renewal that they're inviting all the friends to and... <laughs> going over and hanging with like Eleanor and teaching her how to play, you know, TTRPG games and and uh, of course checking in with like Ned and her parents and and hanging out at the the Beanstalk which is now like a bump in. It's the hot place to be. Uh very cool thriving. Great acoustics. You can hear the music really well but also hear the partner that you're talking to. It's an engineering feat. It's truly magnificent. Um I think after uh, a visit to Jayamal, she realizes that she kind of has, like, the perfect set of skills to apply to be a contestant on Survivor. Uh. Yes! <laughs> so she's, like, put in an application. We'll 
wait and see how that goes, but... <laughs> Jaimal, some months later, <laughs> uh, you see uh, Kelly at this graduation ceremony. You get to see Anna walking across the stage, uh, diploma in hand. Happier and less full of any kind of... Just in a, the most positive place you've probably ever seen her. You see that moment with your friends. Uh, some months later, you are sitting down to watch Survivor and who should come on the television. <laughs> but Kelly. Kelly with a Y looking more like Kelly with an I than you could ever imagine. Oh, yeah. What is... What has Jaimal taken away from this experience? I think after this experience, while he, like the, him and Brett are watching the season of Survivor, they have like t-shirts of like go with like go Kelly on it with like Kelly's face. <laughs> and like I think previously like uh Jaimal kind of was living a life of like clearly closeted, had surrounded himself with people that uh it turns out he realized he was trying to re- like basically replace this core group of friends that he missed so much and was just so afraid of like being who he was in like his real life would ruin his like life and career and everything he's built but those people are gone he's just been with Brett and also has gotten like very close with like these this group of people afterwards like calls like Enoch and Kelly and Ned um, is I think if it's cool then like very close to Anna just because like um, mm-hmm. obviously driving me around but like is like very like close in, in that you know queer culture kind of way of like oh, <laughs> this is who I am um, and uh is fully like transitioned from like like it all came out and like the like the second former queer NBA player whatever and he's kind of like settled down in his life of like being a house husband and Brett has started pursuing an acting career and is like acting and stuff yay Brett (laughs) finally pursuing like his dreams as he like put his life on pause to support me um and I think uh there's like like while he's watching TV, there's like a picture from um, like Breton Jaimal's uh, a vow renewal, and it's it's us, and then this group of people like standing like next to us, clearly like part of our uh, what's that called? Wedding party. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> My question for you is: as you look over that picture, you see you and Brett remembering that lovely day. You see your friends beside you. Is Danny in the picture? Yeah, I think Danny's there. You see Danny in the picture, smiling, I think even brighter than you and Brett. Arms around both of you. He's got somehow he it almost seems like he has three or four arms like taking over <laughs> everybody. He's not the center of the picture, but your eyes are just drawn to how happy this person is. And I think you guys have maybe seen that over the past months, whether you've spoken to him or interacted with him or just kind of heard something has been left on him from this experience. Some of it was apologies. I think you all got numerous apologies, whether or not you accepted them or not. But something of Kelly's last strike, of Kelly's last godlike amount of trust has pushed its way into him just a little bit. And he seems okay with letting things behind. 
Ned. Yeah. In the months after this, you get an invitation to Anna's graduation. You get an invitation to this vow renewal ceremony. You see these friends, sometimes on big events, sometimes maybe just here and there. What's Ned taking away from this experience, and what's he doing afterwards? Well, Ned literally left his luck in that other world. And so there, there is that absence that, what, you know, what, what is luck, but just sort of what we call, way we make sense of the stuff that, that happens to you that seems to be outside of your own control. But Ned's less clumsy now, um, whether that's just because Ned believes that he doesn't have his bad luck anymore or, or if it's actually gone unclear but there's the world seems less scary now less out of his control he can control what happens to him at least and so yeah just sort of put puts a lot into uh into the beanstalk it becomes a, a bump in place of, as we've uh, described and then i think um once it reaches that point, Ned realizes that like there's there's more of the world to see, and so he he packs up and decides to go on his on his own adventure, um, touring around touring around the world, just uh, exploring, going to places that he never thought he'd visit, and um, seeing what what there is to see, and I think that. If we if we we cut ahead, like maybe another twenty years, we see Ned um, much more worldly at this point. Um, sort of salt and pepper hair now, um, wearing wearing a suit, pulling up in like a like a nice car to um, to a house. And um, and he, he's holding a uh, a briefcase, and he knocks on the door, and uh, and Danny answers it, and Ned says, um, "You know, it, it took it took me a long time, but um, I finally found them." And uh, he opens the briefcase, and it's another set. Of the dice. He says, uh, I, uh, I left part of myself in that world and I left, uh, I left a, a contract unfulfilled. If we do this again, we need to tell the people who, who are inviting what they're signing up for. But this time, I'm willing to stay if you are. See, Danny looks at you, looks down at the dice. Eyes go wide. And he looks at you unbelieving, like you're crazy. And then as you talk, his eyes just kind of slacken a little bit. Yeah, 
they, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's see what happens. Why don't you come in and we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. He invites you in. You walk down the hall and, uh, Danny's kind of, seems like he's in a bit of a trance, walks forward, um, goes into the, the kitchen, opens up uh, the, the refrigerator, and he's like, hey, you want a you beer or something? Yeah, yeah, beer sounds nice. Pulls out a beer and he goes, um, I know it's, it's a new house, game rooms just over there. You walk forward through this hallway and there's a bunch of doors all around you. And you hear that little tinkling of bells beside you. You hear a voice on your shoulder. Hey, man. Hey. Haven't heard you in a while. Stubbed a lot of toes in the past few years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I told you that would happen. I love it every time. <laughs> well, that's uh, one thing we, we don't have in common. <laughs> but I'm happy for you. If you want to come play, I'll make it so it's more fun this time. I had a lot of fun last time, so... You got your work cut out for you. I'm certainly going to try. Make sure you bring some fun people along. Okay. Deal. And you feel the tattoo that has been left on your arm kind of sizzle and burn. Calling it in, man. I turn left. And that's where we'll end the story. Ah! What? Oh my Nathan, god. Nathan, what an ending, dude. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ending. Thank you. That was Thank brilliant. You. Well, I, had all, I had all of yours to think of it. Stunning. So. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Wow. wow. You really fucked me up with that ending. I was like, oh <laughs> shit, I have no idea. That was so dope. <laughs> season two. Season, season two. two. <laughs> season two. <laughs> Oh I want to play, God. if we come back for season two, I want to play Eleanor. Oh, God. Yeah. Hell yes, everybody. <laughs> wow. That ruled. That fucking ruled. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, thank you so much for joining on this campaign of Die. Real quick, let's just go around the table, let everyone know where they can find you. If they, if you've listened this far, you're going to want to know who these people are and where to find them. So let's <laughs> make sure everyone knows. Uh, Drac, our dictator, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Draconics. That's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-U-E-S. 
I stream on a bunch of different channels, a bunch of different actual plays. So honestly, following me there is the best place to find out what I'm doing at any given moment. Uh, honestly, I don't know when this is coming out, but a project I've been working on for a while might be out when it does. But I still can't say anything just yet. So just follow me on Twitter. I'll be <laughs> tweeting about it nonstop when it's a thing. Hell yeah. It's been so much fun <laughs> playing this. <laughs> the game's so fucking fun. Carolyn, our fool. Yeah, you can find me actually fooling around in real life on Twitch uh, <laughs> at Jacuzzi Tubs with two Bs. That's my handle everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. So you can find me there. You can find me writing and acting in uh, doing a bunch of comedy stuff with Dropout, uh, a streaming platform that's a ton of fun. And you can also find me on every Wednesday night on YouTube on the You Jokes YouTube channel hosting Fuck Mary Kill Champions, which is a competitive Fuck Mary Kill game show, which I'm hoping some of you will be on sometime. Ooh, <laughs> I think that could be a yeah. lot of fun. I've been <laughs> on. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can also sometimes catch me on Nathan's show, Nathan's show, Drawfee. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Abby, our emotion night. Oh, so emotional. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's Abby underscore Hep, A-B-B-Y underscore H-E-P. You can find me on other seasons of My First Dungeon. On the 25 podcast, you can find me on um, what will hopefully have launched Sounds Funny Radio, an improv comedy podcast that will either be out or be coming out shortly. And also, you can probably find me in the comments uh, stalking all of these lovely people and <laughs> saying all the nice things. <laughs> we love it. Chinook, our Neo. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Chinook. Uh, it's just my first name, S-H-E-N-U-Q-U-E. You can see me perform in the comedic murder mystery, The Art of Killing It. We have an open end to run, so you can come probably whenever. And then I, you can also see me do stand-up in New York, usually, sometimes other places, but follow me on Instagram for dates. Also on the My First Dungeon, other seasons. I've been here a few times. Hell yeah. I love you all. <laughs> Check out his, uh, what season you ran? Um, what did you run? Oh, oh uh, honey, honey Heist. heist. Yeah. Honey you heist, gotta check yeah. out his Honey Heist season. Oh yeah, Nathan, you were on that too. I was on that one also, yeah. Uh, great season. Can't get rid of me. And Nathan, our, uh, our Godbinder, where can people find you? Drawfee Show on YouTube, and I also stream on my own uh, Twitch channel, Nathan's Other Show. Uh, if you want to watch me play games, mostly Marvel Snap these days, but who knows what I'll be playing by the time this comes out. But watch Drawfee. It's a improvised comedy drawing show that I do with my friends. And they have a Patreon, too. And we have a Patreon. That's, That's the true. best Patreon in the world, besides <laughs> yeah, this one. That you <laughs> for the show. Two best Patreons in the world. You, know, you, you, can, you can watch the show before you decide whether you want to support on Patreon. But, you know, we, we do appreciate the support. Oh, and uh, shout out to Elliot Davis, our lovely Ooh, co-producer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. I've been dying to reveal myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if you like this show and want to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at My First Dungeon. Seriously, thank you so much, guys, for coming on this. This was an absolute blast. Love this game. Thank you to Kieran and Stephanie Hans for making this game. Thank you to Grant and Rowan Rook and Deckard for putting it out. That is all for this game of My First Dungeon so Die. Wow. The saddest of all things. I don't want it to end. Yeah. The game is over, but you can tune in next week as I'm going to be discussing this awesome game and wrapping up this season. 
And last but not least, remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No, I'm still not on board with it. <laughs> Get on board. It's the last episode. Bye-bye. Yes, we did it. Incredible. Hey all, it's Brian. Real quick before you go, if you like this show and you want to support more great seasons, you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. That's the name of our one and only Patreon tier that's just $5, where you'll get additional actual plays and extended talkbacks each and every month. We'll see you there. Splash! If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. If you're not caught up yet, that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to. But if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and become a member of the Dice Pool. For just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.